Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. We have discussed before that the past tense in the language of the Torah is not quite as simple as it might appear. We're going to discuss in this shear three different uses of the past tense or, or different grammatical forms of the past tense. There's really a fourth, maybe more than that. There's certainly a fourth, which I will leave for another time. The most common kind of past tense in the language of the Torah is very well known, very well recognized. It goes something like this. And Hashem spoke to Moshe. Now let's analyze that just a little bit grammatically. is the verb, he spoke. Hashem is the subject. That's the being that is doing the action of speaking. You'll notice that the verb comes first, the verb, and then Moshe. In English, we usually say, we usually put the subject first. John threw the ball. Joe ate the pizza. But in this form of the past tense in Russian Kurdish, we have the verb first, and then we have the subject, Hashem. Now let's look at the, at the verb, itself. Yidaber is really future tense. It really means he will speak. But we put a vav in front of it. Not we, but the Torah puts a vav in front of the future tense yidaber. And what happens? Yidaber, he will speak, becomes he did speak. He spoke. Vay yidaber. That's called the vav hamahapech, or as the uh, academics call it, the, the vav conversive. It turns the tense of the verb around, in this case, from a, from a future tense to a past tense, by the bear Moshe. And of course, you have this form all over the Torah, by Yishlach Yaakov, by Yelech, Harana, it's all verb, then the subject, and the verb itself is really Lashen seed. it's really a future tense, but the vav in front of it converts it into a past tense. I would like to call this the over siduri. This is the Lashen over that is used when the Torah is telling a series of events that happened the Seder. They happened in a particular order and that the order is very important to understand what happens. Or we could call it the narrative past tense when the Torah is telling us a narrative. It's telling us this happened, that happened, that happened. For whatever the reasons are why the Torah is telling us the narrative, whatever the important content is contained in that narrative. But when the Torah is telling us a story, this is the kind of verb form that it mostly uses. The second kind of past tense is found and is discussed uh, by many of the Mephoshim in Sefer Bracious, Perik Dalit, Pasuk Aleph. Now there, the Torah has already told us about the creation of the world. It's already told us about the creation of Adam and Chava. It's already told us about the, um, the sin that they committed by eating of the fruit from which they were not supposed to partake. 
And then in Perik Dalit Pasak Aleph, the Torah says, Adam Yoda Eschava Ishta. And the Adam, the man, Yoda, literally he knew. It means he had intimate relations with Chava, his wife. And Rashi there says that this is a different kind of past tense. It begins, first of all, with Veha Adam. It begins with the subject of the sentence. Not like Vayidaber Hashem, which literally in English could translate as spoke Hashem. No, here it's Veha Adam, the man, Yoda, he knew. And you'll notice it doesn't say Vayeda. It doesn't put the word, the verb to know in the future tense, but put above in front of it to turn it into, to turn it around into a past tense. It uses what is called the simple past tense, yoda, the adam, yoda. And Rashi says there that, that this indicates that this action of the adam yoda, that Adam had relations with his wife, Chava, took place before all of the many events that are told before it. It took place when they were still in Gan Eden, before they had sinned. That's really when this took place. And this is some of the Mephoshim called this the Avra Mukta. This is a, a predated or posted, predated uh, Lashen Avra. In other words, it's an Lashen Avra that's referring to something that happened even farther back in the past than other things that we have already mentioned. Uh, in English, it's called the past perfect or the flu perfect. Both of these I've discussed at other times. In Hashem, I'll discuss them probably, uh, I hope. Uh, in the future, but let's go on to a third kind of past tense that we find in the Torah. We'll begin with a Pasuk in our Parsha, Parsha's Nosai. Parsha Rabbeinu in this Parsha counts the three families of, the, of Leviah, the three uh, sons of Levi, the son of Yaakov, were Gershon, Kohas, and Merari. Each one constitutes a sort of a clan within Shevet Levi. And each of these families, the Mishpachas HaKohasi, the Mishpachas HaMarori, the Mishpachas HaGershuni, each one has certain special tasks in, uh, in carrying the Mishkan through the Midbar. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu counts each family separately. After Moshe Rabbeinu counts the families of Kohas, so the Pasuk says, these are the counts of the families of Kohas. It includes all of those who serve in the oil mayat, in the oil mayat, because uh, as one will see by looking at the Psukim, Rabbeinu only counted at this in this particular count, he only counted those who were of age between 30 and 50 that they could actually serve. And this is that which Moshe and Aaron counted, Asher Pakad, Alpi Hashem. They did it according to the uh, according to the command of Hashem, Biad Moshe. It was done through the hand of Moshe. Now, let's take a look at this verb here, Asher Pakad. Now, this is in Ovar Kal. This is in a plain past tense. Falkad, Kosav, Omar. It's not a future tense with above turning it around. It's Ovarkal, simple past tense. It does have, it also has um, 
It has the verb before the subject. Okay. So it's not referring to some past event that happened even before the events that we just mentioned. It's not like the Adam Yoda, but it is a simple past tense as opposed to a Vav HaMahapich past tense. What does this indicate? Asher Pakad Moshe. So what I have been able to determine, and I have not, I don't think I've actually seen this in Swaram, although I have discussed it with some people who have a pretty good knowledge of these topics, maybe a very good knowledge. This form of the past tense is where the Torah repeats a certain action. It repeats, it tells us again about a certain action in order to add some additional information. I have uh, made up a term for it. The reason I made up the term is because I don't know what term grammarians call it, if they call it anything. But I have coined the term, the Ovar HaChoyzer Umevaya. This is a past tense that goes back and adds a little bit of explanation, a little bit of, of additional information about an act that has already been described in the Torah. So here, the psukim previous to this one tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu counted uh, the, the, the men of Mishpachas Kohasi. He counted all those who were between 30 and 50 years old, and it tells us exactly how many there were. And now the Pasek repeats, Asher Pakad Moshe This is what Moshe and Aaron counted, Alpi Hashem Biyad Moshe. Now what is it adding? It's going back and it's really repeating the same action, but it's adding a couple of points, maybe more than a couple. First of all, it's enforcing, it's reinforcing that this was done by Moshe and Aaron. If you look at some of the previous Tukim, it's not so obvious that Aaron was involved. But here the Torah is saying that it was done by Moshe and Aaron. It's also telling us that it was done al-pi Hashem. It was not done for any, any other reason than simply to fulfill the will of Hashem. And it's also telling us al-pi Hashem biyad Moshe, which Mephoshim, and I don't remember offhand which ones, but some of the Mephoshim say that wherever it says al-pi Hashem biyad Moshe, it means that although there were others involved, such as Aaron, but Moshe was the primary mover in this particular action. He was the boss. So this past tense, this simple past tense, which I am now calling the Chayzerum Avayar, it comes to repeat and add a little bit of information about an action that has already been stated in a narrative. Okay, that's our third kind of past tense. Now this example, Eric Dalit Lamed Zion is, uh, I think, pretty uncontroversial, not all that exciting, at least to the extent that I have been able to understand it. However, if we go forward a few psukim, I think we'll find a very, very interesting application of this principle. And we'll see how different commentators looked at it. If we go to Perik, to Perik Dalit, Pasik Memtes, it is there summarizing the counting of all the Levi. We had a summary of how Moshe Rabbeinu counted the Kahasi and how we counted the Gershuni, how we counted the Merari, and now we come to a grand summary of everything. The Pasik says, Alfi Hashem, Pakad Osam, Biyad Moshe. By the mouth of Hashem, by the command of Hashem, Pakad Osam, he counted them. And you see here this, this uh, of our call, 
you see here this um, simple past tense being used over here. He counted them through the hand of Moshe. Each person on his service and what he carried and on, on his burden, meaning that certain parts of the Mishkan were assigned to the Bnei Kahas to carry, the, the most holy parts, the Orain and the Menorah, etc. They were all assigned to Bnei Kahas, that's their job to carry. And other parts were, for example, the heaviest parts, the crushing, the boards that formed the walls. So they were assigned to Bnei Merari. And certain other things were assigned to make Gershon. So it was Ish Ish Alabai each person on his assigned service and burden, Ufkudav, and now it says, and his counting. We'll see whether that word might be translated differently, but for the moment, we'll translate the word Ufkudav and his countings, Asher Tziva Hashem Es Moshe, that he commanded, that Hashem commanded Moshe. And here also, this word, Sivor, it is a Russian of our call. It is a simple past tense. Okay, that's a little hard to see. Let me change that. Yes, over here. Okay, I should see vor. Let's just do an underline. Okay, I should see vor. Hashem es Moshe. So we have two times this verb form. Parkad, see vor. Now, what does this last phrase in the Pasuk mean? Ufkudov, Asher Tziva, Hashem Es Moshe. The countings, his countings, that Hashem commanded to Moshe. Rashi says, Osen HaPakudim, those countings, the countings that we just mentioned, Hayu Kemitzvah, they were done according to the mitzvah, or we might read it as Hayu Kemitzvah, they were done as it was commanded, Mi Ben Shloishim, Viad Ben Hamishim, that it was done that those that were counted were only those who were between 30 and 50 years old. So in other words, what's, what is Rashi saying? And especially how can we understand Rashi in, in, in light of what we have learned about the grammar of this, this past tense, Asher Tzivor? This Pasuk is Choser Umevayer. It is re really just repeating something that we already know, that Moshe Rabbeinu counted the people but it is emphasizing that it was done, Asher Tziva Hashem. It was done according to how Hashem commanded it. And in what particular way? What particular detail about the counting is this Pasuk emphasizing that it was done Hashem's way? So Rashi says, in this particular detail, that it was done, Miben Shleshem, Biad Hamisha. So we have here, I think Rashi is, 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 is really showing that he, uh, that, that he agrees to me. Obviously, Rashi doesn't need to agree or disagree with me, but we see that Rashi seems to agree with me that Asher Tzivor Hashem Es Moshe is a review of something that we already know for the purpose of some clarification. It's clarifying that these countings were done only on people of, from 30 to 50 years old. Now, one could ask, who needs to know that? If you go back to the Psukim, you'll see it already has said in other places that Moshe Rabbeinu was counting the Levium from age 30 to 50. So why does the Pasuk have to summarize and then emphasize that it was done only on the people, only those, the only ones who were counted were those who were from 30 to 50. So in this, we have two explanations in the Rashi commentaries. 
where Arya says that it's emphasizing that nobody made a mistake about his age. Could be, you know, in ancient times, they didn't have printed birth certificates. Sometimes you get a little mixed up how old you are or exactly where's the cutoff date. So the Pusik is emphasizing that Moshe Rabbeinu counted the people. And in fact, he managed to count only those who really were from 30 to 50, no mistakes. Maska the David says that the Pusik is pointing out that Moshe Rabbeinu counted only those who were from Ben Shloshim, Biad Ben Chamishim, and it's only as long as you remain within that, that age range that you as a levy may serve. You shouldn't think that if a levy was uh, 49 years old when Moshe Rabbeinu made the count, and then a year later he turns 50 or 51, you shouldn't think that he may now continue to serve because he was in the right age category when Moshe Rabbeinu counted that. No, it's saying Moshe Rabbeinu counted, and I think here, according to Maskil David, the word of Kudav also has, includes the sense of appointing. He appointed to do service only those who are between these two ages. Anybody who ages out is out. Okay, be that as it may, we have here an other hachoyzer umevayim, according to Rashi. Let's take a look at Manban. Ranban begins by explaining Rashi, of course, in his opinion. And uh, I don't think there's much to disagree about with how the Ranban explains it. But let's see. The Ranban begins with a little addition. Whether he meant, whether he had this addition in his Rashi text, I'm not so sure. But he begins with a, an additional point, which we don't have in our Rashi, that's for sure. He says, Mesiris, there is a tradition. Now, when he says Mesiris, it means there is a, uh, I assume it's a safer. I don't know if I've ever seen it, but there is a safer called Mesiris. These are notes that were made uh, something like uh, over 1,500 years ago, I believe, maybe a little less than that, by the Bale Mesiris. These were great Chachamim who read through the whole Torah and they tried to establish the correct text and they counted every letter and every word and they made notes about where there might be an extra vav or a missing yud or any kind of grammatical peculiarity. They made notes, and this is called the Mesiris. So Ranban quotes here the Mesiris, Dalit Sivin Asher. There are four places where the Torah uses the word Asher, which normally would be, uh, which would be normally translated as that or which. Usvirin Ka Asher, but they are, um, they are understood. They mean ka'asher, like. So here we have, and he's saying this is one of them. Let's take a look. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu counted the people. Each person on his particular avoda and his particular burden, meaning each family of Levium had their particular task. Uvkudav, asher tzivo Hashem is Moshe, the Ranban is saying that really that really means ufkudav ka'asher tzivo Hashem is Moshe. And the countings were done according to, just like Hashem commanded. And here the Ranban says it explicitly. Here he's really quoting Rashi. Those pekudim, these countings were done according to the mitzvah. 
Mibben Shleishim Biyad Ben Hamishim, from the ages of 30 to 50. L'shoin Rabbeinu Shlomo, these are the words of our Rabbi Shlomo, in other words, Rashi. Okay. Ramban now says a different shot. It could be that the meaning of the Pasuk should be as follows, not like Rashi. The words Asher Tzivor should be taken according to their simplest meaning, not Ka'asher, meaning this is not telling us that what Moshe did, he did it just like Hashem commanded. No, not like that. When Ban says it should be Ufkudav and the Pekudim, that Moshe, that Hashem commanded Moshe. Yaima, the Pasuk is saying according to this. Shemina Shleisha Sa'achem that Hashem appointed, he assigned these three brothers, Gershon, Kohasim, Merari, and their descendants, each one on his particular service and his particular burden, his particular part of the Mishkan that he would carry through the Midbar. As it has been stated explicitly above, and now he's coming, that's the first part of the Pasuk. And now he's coming to our last part of the Pasuk. And his appointments shall call of each and every one of them. Asher Tziva Hashem is Moshe, that Hashem commanded Moshe, Lifkoid Oisam the Gulgalaisam, to appoint them to their skulls, meaning there was an appointment of each family to a particular general task. For example, the family of Kahas, all the descendants of Kahas in general were appointed to carry the most holy parts of the, of the Mishkan, Orain, Menorah, Shulchan, etc. But then there was also, the end of the Pasuk is saying, there was also an appointment, the Gulgalaisam. Each particular person, each lady, was given a particular task. Mina alavaydosoi vialmasoi. Each particular person, Moshe Rabbeinu appointed to his service and to his particular item that he would carry. So his kier, Shemina Oisam Lemishpachosam, the Pasuk is mentioning that, they, that Moshe Rabbeinu appointed them to their families family by family, each family having a general task that was different from the other family's general task. And he also uh, appointed each individual skull by skull, person by person. Each one on his service and on his burden. So in other words, the Ranvan is understanding that the end of this Pasuk is telling us something new that we didn't know at all until now. It is not a chayzer or mavaya, I, I don't think, according to Ramban. But it is telling something new, that not only did Moshe Rabbeinu divide the Levium into three families, and each family had a general task, but each individual lady was given a very specific task. And now Ramban is going to prove this, in his opinion, from the Gemara. He says, v'chein adin, this is the halacha, she'ein levi reshay la'asais b'mleches chaveret. A lady is not allowed to do the malacha, to do the task that has been assigned to his fellow. And not to even assist him in it. If my job, we'll see in a moment, if my job is to open and close the doors, your job is to sing, I'm not allowed to sing. As they said, 
Now here he quotes a Sifri, he quotes a Midrash. We'll also see a Mirza Hashem, it's a Gemara, the Seches Arachin, Daf Yeralaf Hamid Beis. Little story. Ukfar Bikesh Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, the Sayeya is Rabbi Yechanan ben Gudgada. One time, Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, who was a Levi, he wanted to help his friend, Rabbi Yechanan ben Gudgada, a Levi, the Hagafis Dlasas, in opening and closing the doors of the Vesa Mikdash, opening up the gates and closing the gates. Omarlai, so Rabbi, uh, Rabbi uh, Yechanan ben Gudgada said to Rabbi Yeshua, Chazor liyacherecha, turn back, go away. Shekfar atom is chayev misa. You are chayev misa. You're going to get killed if you help me. Shanim in a shoyerim, because I am from those Levim who have the job of shoyer. I am a gatekeeper. Viatol men hamishoyerim. And you are from the singers. You, your job is to stand on the duchen and sing while they're bringing korbanos. And therefore, watch out. Don't try to, don't get involved in my job. Not because I'm not a nice person and I, I don't accept your help, but because there's a mitzvah in the Torah that you're not allowed to help me. You're not allowed to change your job. And if you do so, Yechayev Misa. Now, where does this come from? I mean, it comes from this Midrash. It comes, uh, maybe we'll take a quick look at the Gemara in, in Meseches Arachet, sometimes known as Meseches Erchen. Let's take a quick look at the Gemara. Amar Abayah, Abayah says, Nekitinen, Nekitinen means we take the halacha to be as follows. We have uh, received the following halacha. Mishorer shishi'er b'shel chavera. A singer, a lady who is a singer, who was shi'er, he closed a gate or opened a gate, b'shel chavera, which was the task that belonged to his friend. So the singing lady who went to help his friend uh, closed the doors. B'misa, that singing lady is chayev misa b'dei He can be killed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu before his time. Shenema, as it says in the Pasuk, v'achaynim l'fnei ha-mishkan keitma, those who camped in front of the Mishkan on the east, on the east side, l'fnei oil mo'yed, in front of the oil mo'yed were Moshe and Aaron and their children and the Levian, v'azor ha-kareb yumos. And it says, if any Czar, if any foreigner will go over there to where Moshe and the Levium were encamped, that person will be put to death. Now, my Czar, the Gemara says, what does it mean a Czar? Who's considered a foreigner to go over there where the Levium are? Elam is our mamish. If it means literally a Czar, meaning someone who's not a lady at all. So haksiv chadazimna, that it says already one time. That we know already, that there are certain places where a regular Israel is not allowed to go. Only the Vim and Kahanim go there. Ella, but rather love, Zar de Oisa Avaida. What does it mean a Zar over here? What does it mean a foreigner? A foreigner to that particular service. Meaning, if if you uh, if your job as Levi is you're one of the Mesherimim, you're one of the singers, but you try to stick yourself in by the door and open up and close the door, or any other switch of appointed task, you are Chayyab Nisa. Abayah says that's the halach. Let's continue. May save it. They asked the kasha. Because there's a brisa, there's another source that says as follows. Mishorer shishier, a singer who opened or closed the doors. Umishorer shishorer, or a doorkeeper who sang. Enon b'misa, 
they are not Chayiv Misa, Elo Azhara. It is merely an Azhara. It's a, it's a Laysa say, it's a prohibition, but one doesn't get Misa Bideshimayim for that. So this contradicts what Abaya just said. Abaya just said that if you switch jobs, you get Misa. And the Brisa says, it's, it's only a Laysa say. So the Gemara answers, Tanoihi. It's a machlaikness tanoya. It's a machlaikness. The tanya, because we learned in a price. And here's the story that we saw before from the Ranbah. Master Rabbi Yeshua Brachananya Shalach Lisiya Bagavis Lossus Eitz Rabbi Yerchanan Ben Gudgada. Rabbi Chananya wanted to help out Rabbi Yerchanan Ben Gudgada open and close the doors. So Rabbi Yerchanan said, No, no, turn back. You are one of the singers, not one of the gatekeepers. That's the story. Now, Gemara says, my love, isn't it so that this is what they're arguing about? Meaning, shouldn't we explain the machlekes between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yechonim and Gugada as follows? Rabbi Yechonim holds, holds that the prohibition of switching one's task as a lady is Misa. For that, you get Misa. The Gozru Barabonin, and therefore the Rabonin made Xera. Even if you just help somebody in a task that's not yours, you're not allowed. The Marsavar Azorahi, and the other one, Rabbi Yeshua held, it's only an Azhara. If, if let's say Rabbi Yeshua is a Meshore, he's a singer, and he wants to do the job of a Meshoer, he wants to open and close the doors, that's only an Azhara. That's only a prohibition, but not something for which one gets Misa. And therefore, they did not make a gzera regarding someone who's only helping. So Rabbi Yeshua felt, I'm only helping my friend, Rabbi Yechonim ben Gugada, not doing it myself. If I would do it myself, that's awesome. But since I'm only helping him, that's not even us at all, and not even us in Rabbana. Morris says, no, that's not the pshat. Really, everybody holds, it's an ashara. Meaning, if I'm a singer, and I'm going to go close the doors, Nobody says Yechayim Misa. It's just that uh, you, did an, you did a prohibition. Mar Savar Misayeya One holds, meaning Rabbi Yechonim and Gugada holds, that a Misayeya, someone who is just helping his friend, Gozru Rabbonin, the rabbis made a zero, that one shouldn't even do that. According to the Torah, if I'm just helping, it's nothing at all. But the Rabbonin said, not a good idea. This time you're helping. The next time you're going to do it yourself. So don't help. Mar Savar. And the other one held, the rabbis did not make a decree. Now, Abaya, not Abaya, Ranban is quoting the opinion basically of Abaya. He's assuming that's the halacha. We'll talk soon whether that really is the halacha or not. But Ranban is, is, is basing himself on what Abaya says and on what uh, Rabbi Yerchanim and Gudgada said to Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha that if a lady switches his task, if he does a task other than the one to which he was appointed, he is Chayev Misa. Let's take a look at the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchus Klei HaMikdash, the Rambam has a section of Alacha, which he calls Hilchus Klei HaMikdash, the laws of the Kalim, of the instruments of the Beis HaMikdash, such as Shulfan, Menorah, etc., and those who serve in it. Meaning in these halachas, the Rambam also talks about the laws of Kohanim and Levi. 
And here he says, we'll skip and we'll go to the underlined part. Alavim atzman, alavim themselves, musharin shaloyase echad malachas chaver. They are warned that they should not do the malacha that belongs to to their to their colleague. Lo yisayeya hamishorer lashoyer. The one who is a singer should not help his friend who is a gatekeeper. And not vice versa. Shinema, as it says in a pasuk, ish ish each man. And the Rambam is understanding this means each individual person, the Each individual person was assigned to his service and his item to carry. Therefore, you're not allowed to go help somebody else. And he says in the next halacha. If a lady did the service that is specific to Kahanim, or if a lady helped with a malacha that is not his own malacha, meaning he helped out his fellow lady to do a malacha, but it's not his, not his task, they are obligated to be killed by Shemayim. As the Pasuk says, don't don't abrogate, don't try to switch your tasks below Yamusu, and therefore you will not die. So that implies that if you do it, you are going to die. You will be killed by a Kodesh Baruch. So the Rambam also, Haskins, like we saw from Abaya, and like the probably the simpler understanding of Rabbi Yechonim and Gurgada, that if a Levi switches his task, he tries to do the task of his friend, he is Chayev Misa. Now, why is this? I, 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 I had come across this Gemara. I have to admit, I've never learned Masechah and from cover to cover, but I was aware of this Gemara many years ago, and it always struck me as a little strange. It's so terrible. I mean, where, where exactly where does this come from? I mean, I'm a lady. I'm not a lady. I'm a kite. But uh, if a person's a lady, so that means he can do the things that Levim can do. If I do something that I don't normally do, I'm Chayat Misa? That, that's, that's rather astounding. But Ranban is saying, and Ramam is basically saying the same thing, that what they appear to be saying is, is that when the Levium were counted by Moshe Rabbein, and they were counted not just as a population count, but they were counted as being from the ages of 30 to 50 and as being fit to serve in the Mishkan and in the Beis HaMikdash. When they were counted, part and parcel of that counting was that Moshe Rabbeinu also appointed each and every individual lady to a particular task. In effect, a lady is only a lady for that particular task. To do some other task, he was never appointed to be a lady. He happens to be a descendant of Levi ben Yaakov, but he's not appointed to be a servant in the Mishkan and in the Beis HaMikdash, except and exclusively only for a particular task. Once he goes out of that task, he is like a czar, as we saw in the Gemara. He's like a foreigner. It's like a non-Levi who comes in and tries to do what a lady's supposed to do. You're not a lady. You can't do that. That's sacrilege. You're not allowed over there. The same thing if there's a Levi who at the moment that he entered into his service, at the moment that he was registered in the book, you're a lady and you're at the right age and you don't have any, and there's nothing wrong with you. 
you are now sanctified to serve as a lady as a doorkeeper and nothing else, as a singer and nothing else, as someone who carries the, the, the stands on the left side of the shulchan and carries the shulchan. That's your job. Other than that, it's like you're not a lady. You're not a serving lady. You're a descendant of a lady, but you are not a registered serving lady. That seems to be the idea that Ramban and also Rambam are, are understanding from this Pasuk, and it all comes from these few words, Ufkudav, and the countings that Moshe Rabbeinu did. And as we mentioned once before, the word Pekudim can also mean to a point. And if you look back at the Ramban, we don't have time, but if you look back at the Ramban, the Ramban very clearly talks about not only counting, but about minui, about appointing. So Ufkudav, the appointings, Asher Siva Hashem is Moshe, that Hashem commanded Moshe, and Ramban explained that that means that Moshe Rabbeinu appointed each individual lady to a very specific task, and therefore, if he tries to do a different task, that's it's like he's a czar, he was, he's not a lady regarding that matter, and therefore, he's Chayat Misa. What about Rashi? Well, let's think what should come out according to Rashi. According to Rashi, that's not what these few words in the, in the Pasuk are saying. According to Rashi, these few words in the Pasuk are just saying that when Moshe Rabbeinu counted the Levian, he was very careful to count them only only from the ages of 30 to 50, because that's what the Kaddish Baruch told them to do. And the Pasuk is emphasizing this for one reason or another, as we saw from Gerarye and Maskell the Dove. This, But these few words in the Pasuk are not saying that Moshe Rabbeinu in his counting of the Levian, appointed each and every individual for a particular task. Now, we do have a different Pasuk, which does say something like that, even according to Rashi. And that's in Perik Dalit, Pasuk Tezayan. It says, The appointment, the task of Elozer ben Aaron Akoyan was, Shemen or his job was to carry the shemen hama or the oil for the menorah to carry it from place to place and then make sure they had it and that it was made correctly and that it was taken care of. Ukteris asamin, and his job also was to take care of the katiris, of the incense. Uminchas atomid, and also the minchas atomid, uh, which I think will, refers to the chavite kayan gadol, but we'll, we won't, won't go into that now. The shemen hamishcha, and his job was also to take care of the anointing oil, that very holy oil. Okay, those were Elazar's particular jobs. The Kudas Kol HaMishkan, he was in charge of the whole Mishkan, the Chol Sherbo and everything in it, the Kodesh Uvechelot, in the holy places and in all of the different Kedah. Now, what does it mean, the Kudas Kol HaMishkan? The, the care of the entire Mishkan was in the hands of Elazar. Rashi says, This particular Pasuk is really talking about the Bnei Kos. It comes just after the counting of Bnei Kos. So Rashi says that Elazar was also appointed regarding the, the burdens, the things that Bnei Kos carried. To command each individual on his service and his thing, his burden to carry. What Rashi seems to be saying 
is that Elazar told each lady what his particular job was. Moshe Rabbeinu counted them. And he counted only those who were fit to work because they were the proper age between 30 and 50. Elazar went over to each individual lady, said, listen, you stand by the door over there. You open it up when the people come. And you, you stand on the left side of the oven and you carry it over there. And you, you're going to carry the shulchan, standing on the right side. And you, he gave each member of, of uh, Mishpachas Kahasi, he gave them a very specific job. And there are other psukum which indicate that this was done also for B'nai Gershon and B'nai Murari. But we, from Rashi, it does not sound like this was an intrinsic part of their appointment, of their entry into the, into the uh, tribe, quote unquote, of serving Levine. In other words, there's two separate things. I should have counted you. Okay, you're a lady now. Now, Eliezer came over and said, okay, congratulations, you're a lady. This is what I want you to do. I want you to carry this particular item. It wasn't an intrinsic part of his appointment. Although this was done, Alpi Hashem, this was something that was done because the Kaddish Baruch wanted it to be done, but it was done as a separate, as something separate from the person's actual um, stamp of approval as a lady. According to Ranban and Ranbam, what it seems to be is that in becoming a lady, you became a lady only for a particular task that was given to you at the same time that you became a lady. According to Rashi, it's a two-step process. The first thing is you're a lady. That's Moshe Rabbeinu did that. He turned you, he made you into a lady, into a qualified serving lady. A Lazar came along, or maybe he summer for some of the other parts of the family of, of Levian. A Lazar came along and he said, your job is to stand over here and do this particular task. In which case, Rashi would probably hold that if one lady did the task of a different lady, Rashi would probably hold the halacha is that that lady is not Chayavisa. And we find this opinion in the Smag. Smag is the Sefer Mitzvah's Gadol. It was written by one of the Bali Atoisvis. And he quotes here the Gemara and Arachan that we saw. And Abaya says that if a Mashoira did the job of a Mashoira, he's of Misa. But then he says, the Gemara pushes away. He says, As we saw in the Gemara, it appears in the conclusion of the Gemara that the Gemara is pushing away Abaya. Abaya said, We had a Brysa, uh, which we thought was saying like Abaya, but in the end, we push it off. And Abaya doesn't give any answer. So it would appear from the Sugya of the Gemara that Abaya's opinion is being abandoned. And that you're not Chayav Nisa. A lady is not Chayav Nisa for doing the work of a different lady. He, it is an Azhara, as the Gemara says. It's a prohibition, but it does not carry with it the punishment of Chayav Nisa, of Nisa Bidei Shemayim. And as we said, this seems to be, this would seem to fit into Rashi Shita, that the Levium underwent a two-part process. They became a lady, a serving lady. That's one step. And that applies to all the tasks of all the Levine. 
they are essentially qualified. And then Elazar came and said, this is your particular job and you're not supposed to do anyone else's job. But that's a loisase, that's not, that's not a fee of misabe de shemai. Whereas by contrast, Ramban and Rambam seem to hold that when Moshe Rabbeinu point, uh, registered a, 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 a member of the tribe of Levi as a serving Levi, it was very specifically focused. You're a Levi only for that particular task that I am now assigning you together with your, right here on your registration card as a Levi, I'm assigning you your task. And therefore, you try to do another task, you're a czar. You're not a Levi for that purpose. And the person would be Chayav Nisa Videshimai.